Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Anybody here like me? Hope not. Anybody here like me that don't like rules? I don't like rules. Now, I was a pretty compliant child. I didn't get in a lot, in a lot of trouble. I would step up close to the trouble line sometimes, uh, but not over many times. But the older I get, and maybe it's just I'm getting ornery or something, the older I get, the more I like freedom, the more I like choices, the more I like options, and the less I like rules. Um, I, I just... I guess I'm too self, self-centered and self-absorbed that I don't like somebody telling me what, what I've got to do. And um, I thought about that this, this week as, as we began to study for this, this message and um, talk about how disciples, of, true disciples of Jesus, are the ones who understand the concept of freedom and walk in it regularly. Apart from that, uh, many of us are unknowingly in bondage and go about our normal Christian life, uh, go to church, get, put some money in a plate, you know, invite somebody from time to time, and not realizing that we're, we're in bondage to the same old, same old, been doing the same thing for decade after decade after decade, and wonder why my walk's not any more mature than it, than it was when I trusted Christ as my Savior. Wonder why that I'm not growing and progressing in my faith. Wonder why my life is... Is not as contagious as some others are. And I would submit to you oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes, that has to do with understanding our freedom in him. So turn, if you will, to John chapter 8. And I want us today to look at this idea of our being free disciples. Verses 31 to 36 of John chapter 8. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we'll be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, Four things today I want us to glean from this text. First is this, that free disciples believe the right stuff. Free disciples believe the right stuff. Look at verse 31 again. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you're the real stuff. There are all kinds of teaching in all kinds of churches and all kinds of beliefs and all kinds of denominations and religions across the world that relate from everything to supreme beings, to good works, to seeing the earth as our mother, to worshiping the water and the wind, and and everything else, you fill in the blank. It's it's, it's probably out there. That's why it's important for you and I to know and believe the right stuff. There's all kinds of belief systems out there that that seem on the surface rather enticing and inviting. Scientology or if you don't know what to, what, to, what to believe, we're going to get sucked into, in, into the vortex of, of people of community of faith. We'll talk about that in just a minute a little more. But it's, it's, uh, 
that, that potential is there. We talked last week about our being fruit bearers, and fruit bearers are the ones that hold to his teaching. Listen to Matthew chapter 7, 15 to 23 says this, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. The people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So he's saying here that fruit bearers are the ones who hold to his teaching, who, who, who are, are students of, of his word and walk out his word as a lifestyle. They've learned to filter what they see and hear through the teachings of this book, let, let it be the filter, filtration system that we uh, filter our culture and the beliefs that we come across, let, let that be what we filter it through. He's uh, saying that, that his book is the source of all that. Uh, and, and beyond that, just the book being the source, Jesus himself is the source, he's saying here, of, of that truth. We should never shrink back from using his name as, as, as a source. I, I've often said to you, and I really, over the years, appreciated Billy Graham when he, he would be asked a question about some kind of cultural issue going on. His uh, answer would usually would lead off with what the Bible says. Well, what trumps the Bible says, and I, I don't have a problem with the Bible says, but what trumps the Bible says, or should trump the Bible says, is what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said about that. In fact, uh, it's we, we are being, I, I think, uh, the, the PC world that we're living in doesn't, doesn't want the name of Jesus uttered anywhere. Now they're kind of okay with God on, on the surface of, of, yeah, use the word God because God can mean as I said, the wind, the sun the, you, you fill in the blank, Buddha but you start to mention the name of Jesus and things start to part the chasm starts to get wider and wider and wider. Why? Because things start to get real then and things start to get uh, a, a little bit a little bit dicey because otherwise if you and I can be defined as part of the faith community and you hear that term a lot in our culture and I reek when I hear when I think that I'm included in the faith community because I want to be in the Jesus community faith community can be as I said about anything and we're all kind of lumped in with well, that's, that's folks who, who need a crutch that's part of our culture who needs, who needs something else to believe in or hang on to that has nothing to do with what he's talking about in this passage today. He's talking about our being the ones who, who believe and know the right stuff because we have our nose in this book and know what he said about those kind of cultural things. Otherwise, we're no different than the rest of the world who, who believes, uh, has theology and, and belief systems that are out there and believes, things are, believes in things that are going to burn up, basically, and, and be consumed. Free disciples believe the right stuff. Secondly, free disciples not only believe the right stuff, the free disciples know the difference between truth and falsehood. They know the difference between truth and falsehood. Look at the first part of verse 32. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. For decades, um, it was becoming more and more and more difficult 
to know the difference between truth and falsehood. But in my opinion, for the, probably the last 10, 10 to 15 years, it's become easier to recognize because the liars are getting bolder uh, than they used to be with little to no attempt to describe the lies as truth anymore. Uh, we'll just tell you what they think. Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And we're living in those days, friend, where good is evil and evil, evil is good. It's, it's constantly being re redefined and good is turned up on its ear. So then true disciples of Jesus, he's saying you can see those things. They know it. They can see those things, expose it for what it is, and keep others from being caught up and carried away in those kind of belief systems. Uh, in the falsehood, how do we do that? Well, the more I know what Jesus said, the more I know what he taught, the more I know who he is, the quicker and easier it is to recognize. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. You're all familiar with this phrase, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Because God helps those who help themselves. And that's nowhere in Scripture. In fact, three weeks ago, you and I talked about laying down our, laying down our, our, our own will, dying to self picking up our cross and following him. That doesn't look like our culture. That doesn't look like if it's going to be, it's up to me and God helps those who help themselves. This whole idea of, of, of our walking by truths that aren't found in scripture is, is and can be very dangerous for us. And so that's important. We know the difference between truth and falsehood uh, and walk in that truth, uh, understanding that we are disciples of his and that's what he's called us to do. Thirdly, Free disciples not only believe the right stuff and know the difference between truth and falsehood. Thirdly, free disciples break the chains of the liar. They break the chains of the liar. The last part of verse 32 says, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. Free from what? Well, it goes on in verses 34 and 35 to explain the bondage of sin and how sin keeps us in bondage to it. Uh, the enemy keeps us in bondage to it as we don't understand the difference between truth and a lie. Uh, so does that mean we don't sin anymore? <laughs> no. It just means we aren't consumed by sin anymore. That sin is not a lifestyle for us anymore. That we've been de delivered from that as a lifestyle. And our, we visit there occasionally, but that's not the place where we live. Uh, it's, it's not a way of life. So when temptations come, we can more clearly and, and actually really see then and make a choice to walk in the truth of who he is and who this book says we are rather than letting our sin and letting the enemy define those things for us. Because here's the reality of this. Recognition and preparation is about 80% of defeating the enemy. Recognizing him coming, recognizing the, the, the potential for sin, recognizing the circumstances I find myself in from time to time that lend themselves to my walking in, in, into a sinful place. That recognition and that preparation is about 80% of winning that battle. If I can't see it coming, I'm seldom going to win it because I can't prepare for it. But if I see it coming, I can win because I can make preparation to do battle against the enemy with, with the Word of God. So, but i got to know what it says to get there. i got to know what it says to walk in that place of victory. So knowing the truth is the key to us breaking the chains that the enemy wants to keep us in, uh, in bondage to our sin, and to keep us from living and walking in freedom. Uh, and, and that is altogether possible. As I said, it's not that we don't that we, we don't continue to sin. We do, but sin as a lifestyle has gone because we're choosing to walk in the truth and know what it says. Pre disciples believe the right stuff, know the difference between truth and falsehood, 
break the chains of the liar. Finally, free disciples walk in permanent freedom. They walk in permanent freedom. Look at verse 36. So then, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now this, this phrase, free indeed, is, is talking about actual freedom versus perceived freedom. Meaning, the perception of freedom comes from the enemy who wants us to think that real freedom is, like I opened with this morning, no rules, do whatever you want, say whatever you want, believe whatever you want, go wherever you want, uh, take whatever you want, it, it's all yours anyway. Uh, there's there no rules, no boundaries, no guardrails. He wants us to think that that can be reality when in fact he knows it isn't. In fact, he knows for himself, as, as it con concerns him, that this, bo this book places boundaries and, and guardrails and rules on, on Satan himself. In fact, in, in this book, tells the story of he and his demons being cast into the abyss, into the lake of fire. And he knows that's coming for himself. He knows what boundaries there are, but wants you to think that we don't need to live according to those kinds of things. He knows what's coming for himself. Uh, he's, this, this perception of freedom is really just another lie. In fact, verse, if you go on in chapter 8, verses, verse 44 says, he was a murderer, talking about Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, watch this, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. If he's opened his mouth, coming to you, there's a lie behind it. Understand that. That's, it's his native tongue. So actual freedom can only be given by the Son, can only be given by Jesus, he says it here in verse 36, because it only comes by way of the cross, and he died on that cross to break the chains, that bondage of, that sin keeps, wants to keep us in, and the entrapment of sin, and as well the penalty of sin. The cross did that. And that freedom doesn't just last until the next temptation. It is, uh, as, as Rocky Balboa's trainer Mick said in Rocky, it's permanent. It, 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 it's a permanent kind of freedom that he's talking about here, of our being free indeed. That's what that word indeed means. It means that it is, we are not just temporarily free, but permanently free and thoroughly free. That's what free indeed is referring to. Well, I talked a little bit about our being consumed by by sin and bondage. Before I close today, I want to just kind of broaden that a little bit to say our bondage doesn't always have to look like sin. It doesn't always have to look like obvious sin or obvious addiction. Sometimes our bondage can be our past. Sometimes we're in bondage to perfection. We're having to do it the right way, totally perfect way every time. And the, and the enemy jumping on us when we don't think that God didn't like us anymore. Sometimes we're in bondage to failure, and the enemy keeps bringing that failure back up. That's who you are. You, you, can, you can go to church and do all you want, but that failure is really who you are. He'll bring that up again and again and regurgitate that. Or sometimes we're in bondage to, to acquisition, that more stuff makes me feel better about myself, so the more I have, the better I feel. He thinks that, that, that that's what we need and wants us to believe that, 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 that is bondage can be bondage in and of itself. But if you're, here's a couple of observations as we wrap, some takeaways. If you're a believer and you're still living under bondage of sin, you're tagging along whether you realize it or not. You're not a true disciple. If you're living in bondage to sin continually, you're a tag along and not a, not, not a true disciple. But now that you know that there's more, now that you know there's a deeper place, now that you know that you can get out of the, the baby pool and step into deeper water with him, uh, it, 
seeing the path to getting there, my, my question would be, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? If you're seeing that there's a deeper walk with him, you're seeing that what you're doing is not working, why would you stay in that same place again and again? Why would you not walk into deeper water with him and, 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 and to see that uh, there's something different than what I've experienced? Uh, so I encourage you to step into deeper water as a disciple and to learn to walk in the truth that the Son has set you free. And when he, has, when he has set you free, friend, you're free. Learn to walk in that truth. As I said, you've got to get out of the baby pool and start, start getting into deeper water to see that and walk in that place. That's what he's called us to do. And freedom is there for the taking for you and I. We've got to get out of the boat and get in the water to see it and walk there. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the revelation of this truth that when you bring freedom our way, it isn't just temporary. It isn't just for the moment. Sometimes it's, it's out of necessity in the moment, in the circumstance, but it's not just for that. There's always something deeper and broader that you're doing in us. When freedom comes our way, when we understand that it is ours for the taking, when we understand that we don't have to live the way we've been living all our life, decade after decade, in, in sameness, wondering if there's something else, wondering if there's something deeper, there is something else. And there is something deeper. And would you cause our hearts today to want those things to the degree that we'll lay down whatever it takes to get there. We'll lay down whatever it takes to step into that place with you because we want to live and walk in freedom. We're tired of the enemy winning the battles day after day in our lives. We're tired of being in bondage to sin, tired of being in bondage to addiction, tired of being in bondage to ourself, to our own plans, our own ways, our own dreams. Tired of being in bondage to perfection. Tired, just tired of being in bondage, period. And you come to loose the chains to set us free. Help us today to, to follow in after that, to step in after that. Will the enemy come after us? Certainly he will. In fact, probably even harder than before. But you, you, You've called us as disciples to live and walk in freedom. That's there for the taking. We've got to step into it and believe today what your word says in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.